0: Welcome back, weirdos, to episode number 96 of History for Weirdos. Woohoo!
1: And it's always good to be back.
0: Always good to be back. We hope you all are enjoying Barbenheimer Week, (laughs) the premiere.
1: I feel like that in itself is pretty historical.
0: Yes, it definitely feels like it. Definitely a pop culture history moment that's happening.
1: Yeah, I think so as well.
0: We have not seen either film yet, but Mm -hmm. we will see both but much to Andrews chagrin, we won't see both in the same day.
1: <laughs> I really wanted to do that I, I think know. it's it would be such an experience
0: It would be really long though
1: it'd be a very long experience indeed yeah, that is true
0: So we're gonna go see this week Oppenheimer and then a few days later we're gonna go see Barbie
1: Yes, this is true this and we're is true.
0: excited to hear your thoughts as well on the films
1: yes, very much so please do And I guess before we begin just, an inherent plug yeah we're going to italy guys yeah you know this uh make sure we to book. hope you know this yeah now. <laughs> i know if you haven't then we really haven't been doing our jobs make sure though to go ahead and sign up as soon as you can mm-hmm. there's still a few slots available in the pre-sale mm-hmm. so discounted prices and of course you can always um what you can always oh pay as you go as well
0: oh create payment plans yeah thank yes, you yes you're totally right uh the trip is next spring, but I think it would be wise to book earlier so you can make a payment plan. And come on, it's Florence and Rome. Who wouldn't want to do that? And especially with the awesome weirdo community.
1: Oh, my God. I'm so excited.
0: I'm so excited as well. We're going to eat so much food as well as learn awesome history. Yeah, course.
1: it's going to be incredible. I mean, like one day we're going to be in the Roman Forum. You're going to be in the Colosseum. I think we get like a private tour of the Colosseum, like the the underground. Mm-hmm. And then like the next day or like maybe two days later, we're gonna be on a Tuscan farm.
0: Yeah, with like animals and yummy food. And then we're gonna do a walking tour of Florence, which has so much art history. There's just so many good things. Yeah, We really, really want as many weirdos as possible to join us because it's gonna be an incredible experience for everyone to connect in person.
1: Yes, so excited, so excited.
0: Okay, well, you will find, again, you'll find that information in the show notes. And Andrew, tell us, what will you be sharing with us this week?
1: Oh, well, I have something. I have a very interesting episode. Well, I think every episode is interesting, but this one especially.
0: <laughs> You're biased, though. I'm a little biased, yeah. <laughs>
1: this is this was a little hard to write at times. And so I just yeah. want to give kind of like a warning at the beginning. Mm-hmm. This has children involved in it and not necessarily under the best circumstances. So just yeah. keep that in mind.
0: Yes, Thank you for that, because I saw, I mean, you do such a good job researching your episodes. You're so thorough, and you get really invested, and I saw that this one was tougher for you.
1: Yeah, this one really hit hard at times.
0: But it sounds like it's an important story to tell.
1: Definitely. So we're going to go back to 1972. Mm -hmm. Geraldo Rivera, which is a name you may or may not be familiar with, he was a young investigative reporter at the time, and oh yes, yeah.
0: Now it's ringing a bell.
1: And he's about to reveal a dark secret on national television. He broadcasts images from inside Willowbrook State School, a facility on Staten Island where children with d- developmental disabilities are institutionalized. <sighs> the images were shocking, haunting, and honestly a blight on the moral society, um, or moral compass of society. Excuse me. I bet. So like, how did we get here though?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so his exposure didn't come out of nowhere. It, it wasn't like in a vacuum, right? And so to really understand the horrors at Willowbrook, we have to go back to its inception. Okay. So in the medium aftermath of World War II, the country was having trouble addressing some of the country or, you know, the, the citizens who were most vulnerable
0: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
1: those are the mentally ill.
0: Mm-hmm and children are always really
1: vulnerable right Mm -hmm. exactly and so imagine the intersection
0: of those two things
1: yeah i mean and what's crazy is like this this problem that the united states had back then it's still prevalent to this day like the mental health issues we have and and like it hasn't been addressed in decades
0: no even though i'm sure i've brought this up before even though we talk about mental health much more i think that's a an amazing thing that's happened and it's a generational thing younger generations are so much more open we don't have the systemic change to back it up
1: no we don't i mean and the sad thing is schools and society as a whole i mean i think it's a little bit better they're more inclusive today but mm-hmm. certainly back then they were not no not with this
0: no one was thinking about learning differences or mental health or different abilities are you right. kidding me
1: no no <laughs> And families often would rather hide their mentally handicapped loved ones in institutions rather than have them at home.
0: <laughs> it's so heartbreaking. I mean,
1: part of it is that it's just, you know, these families were bigger back then. So just having yeah. like children, like a lot of children in general is tough, but then having mentally challenged children in addition to like your five other kids, it's going to be rough.
0: And not having the support like in the community To be able to meet your kids' needs, right? To think like, oh, I don't know how to best support my kid, but at school they're teaching us how to give my child really good support. No. No. No one's doing that. So, of course, I could understand why this seemed like a solution.
1: Right, exactly.
0: But it's such a sad one.
1: I know. And also I have kind of a theory about this too is like Mm -hmm. after World War II, the horrors were just so insane,
0: for yeah. lack of a better
1: term that like i think americans in particular and maybe europeans as well and or mm-hmm. really just anyone who like fought in this war like they really just wanted to just grasp onto like the like fantasy of normal
0: yeah and this
1: messes with that fantasy
0: oh my gosh yeah
1: and that, that was something I was, I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to say this in the podcast because that thought occurred to me.
0: You're like, this is deep, man. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is, is deep. This
1: is deep. <laughs>
0: no, you're totally right. and But it's just so sad to even have such a narrow definition of normal.
1: Right, exactly.
0: That's not good either, as, no. as I'm sure you're going to tell us. Good no. things do not come from this type of um, uh, attitude, I guess.
1: Exactly. But
0: it's- you're right. The war definitely played a part in it.
1: I think so. And so this is where the Willowbrook State School steps into the frame. It was founded in 1947, and it promised to care for the safety of mentally challenged children.
0: I have a feeling they sucked at that promise. Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> because it was fueled by societal beliefs at the time that those with disabilities were best kept away. hmm I mean, we even saw this actually with the British royal family.
0: Oh, really? How so?
1: There were mentally handicapped members.
0: You're right.
1: Yes, that were kept away. In just, an
0: institution, you're right. And they
1: weren't, I mean, this that was the British royal family, and they were not well kept, right?
0: Yeah, and to think who, who would have more access to resources than royalty. Yeah. Right, to be like, oh, we'll get like the best doctors and therapists and teachers to support them. <gasps> That's such a good point, I forgot about that. Yeah. We learned that in The Crown, everyone. The- <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so, but... If that was, like, let's just say that was the extent, like, yeah. kids being kept away, but, you know, out of out of sight, out of mind, then this would be a pretty short episode. Unfortunately, for everyone involved, that's not the case. So, in the 50s and 60s, hepatitis outbreaks, hmm. specifically hepatitis A, was unfortunately very common at Willowbrook.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. And normal human beings with actual hearts would probably try to address this right yeah and stop future outbreaks right mm-hmm. that was not the case under the supervision of Saul Krugman from NYU and Robert McCollum from Yale they performed medical experiments on patients mm. obviously without their consent right and without the consent of their parents either wow and specifically they were trying to see the effects of specific antibodies and how well they fought off the disease right But this isn't just some sort of, like, experimental, like, you know, drug or something where, like, oh, okay, that's kind of unethical, but they're really trying to help the children. Ultimately,
0: it's a treatment. Uh Yeah,
1: that's not the case here. I mean, maybe slightly, but just listen to this. Mm -hmm. Um, One of his studies, Saul Krugman, involved feeding the feces of infected children to 60 healthy children just to see how the disease was transmitted
0: oh my god that is disgusting
1: yeah i mean literally and like like physically disgusting and like morally morally. disgusting yeah
0: how awful to think to see these kids as less than human because that's something that for a lot of people myself included would be horrifying to hear if they did that to animals right exactly a child multiple children oh my god
1: i mean it's so infuriating right
0: so he did this just out of his own curiosity like oh will this transmit the disease right wow
1: and all of the children became ill and some of them were very close to dying Mm. and a language warning Mm. um he essentially justified it because the children were quote unquote retarded Mm -hmm. and were bound to contract the disease anyways
0: oh my god so he's also an ignorant doctor yes he doesn't even understand what he's talking about
1: correct yes yeah oh, i hate this guy yeah and according to one of the oh leading God. microbiologists of the time uh-huh. uh maurice Hilleman, this st- the studies performed here were quote the most unethical medical experiments ever performed on children in the united states end quote
0: yes it sounds like it
1: yeah so i mean it was universally not liked
0: This was something I'm sure they were keeping secret.
1: Exactly. Yeah. This was definitely covered up. Mm -hmm. In fact, bioethicist Art Kaplan has stated that, quote, the Willowbrook studies were a turning point in how we thought about medical experiments on retarded children. Wow. Yeah. Children inoculated with hepatitis virus had no chance to benefit from the procedure, only the chance to be harmed, end quote. Wow. Yeah. So not... This was not like, oh, like this was a different time. No. They knew what they were doing was wrong.
0: They knew they were harming kids.
1: Right. Like, because they were you can't justi- less than.
0: Yeah. You can't justify it.
1: No, you can't. But this is the type of place that Willowbrook is. Yeah. That's like, it's important to say that because it really ingrains in your mind like, okay, they, they will just do horrific things because they can.
0: Because they can. You're right. right. I can see why this was hard for you to
1: research. Yeah. Oh, I know. And it just gets worse. So, in fact, even without the medical experiments, Willowbrook was filthy, disgusting, underfunded, understaffed, and overcrowded.
0: Really typical of those kinds of hospitals and institutions.
1: Yep. It was estimated that 90% of patients would contract hepatitis because of how filthy the facilities were.
0: Oh, my God. Even if they
1: weren't part of, like, studies.
0: That's insane.
1: Yeah. At its peak in 1969, Willowbrook housed over 6,200 residents, even though it was built to accommodate a max capacity of 4,000.
0: Wow. So they're
1: over 50% capacity.
0: And I'm sure they're not telling families that because they want nope. money. They exactly.
1: Want... <sighs> I mean, it's like state funded, but yeah. They're just trying. But do you
0: think the state funds per body, like per person Probably. there? Yeah.
1: I mean, one of the physicians of Willowbrook called it little more than a human warehouse. Oh, my God. And this place was not a warehouse, right? It was supposed to be a school, but it's probably hard to describe it earnestly as such. Yeah. I mean, the conditions of Willowbrook was so awful that residents rarely received even basic care.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. Let alone any education, mental stimulation, instruction in social skills, or hygiene. So nothing.
0: This is horrifying.
1: Yeah. Fewer than 20% of the children living there attended classes at any time. And those who did generally were residents of the experiment ward.
0: Oh my God.
1: Uninformed parents of those victims had no idea that the forms that they had signed um, to bypass like a long admittance or waiting list (gasps) um, in exchange for like a better quality of life. In fact, provided consent for their children to participate in department of defense funded medical research. The stuff that I mentioned earlier.
0: Oh my God. The DOD first of all is funding this research. Yes. And they're just like, Oh yeah, just sign here and we'll get your kid to the front of the line. Correct. Yeah. Not explaining. And that's so interesting because, and I'm sure this plays a part in it when conducting any sort of experiment that involves a human being, Right. you are required to walk them verbally, like walk them through what they're signing.
1: I mean, part of the reason for that is most likely because of this, I'm not yeah. saying that's hundred percent because of this, but like this definitely is a contributing factor. Yes. It's yeah. It, I mean, no words, honestly. You right? also
0: have to disclose now. And I'm sure, again, I'm sure this contributed to it. I participated in like research studies in undergrad, right? As a psych student, you could get extra credit if you participated in the research done by the graduate students, and they have to disclose any potential harm. Mm. Like one of them, this is how I got my dyscalculia diagnosis. One of them was just testing your learning abilities, and they had to disclose like this could cause like stress. This could cause, you know, frustration or identity issues, whatever it (laughs) was like, yeah, Something so mild. They had to tell me this could stress you out. So are you sure you want to do it? Wow.
1: So we've come a long way. Yeah. Jeez Louise. And okay. But before we move back onto the narrative here, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to note that this place was so secluded and large, I guess that it had its own sort of like society. Mm. Willowbrook was situated on a 375 acre compound in staten island new york employees could buy and sell everything on this compound from drugs to jewelry to meat ew yeah in the disgusting place yeah i know right Ugh. i know disease was obviously quite prevalent but theft alcohol use drug use and even violence was also commonplace
0: that's not surprising
1: physicians obviously were neglectful In their medical duty, but lots of staff were also violent towards residents. Wow. I'm going to go into some surface level details of the violence and activities. So a little bit of like a viewer discretion. Yeah. Warning here.
0: Definitely content warning for the episode subject in general.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So the violence included beatings, psychological torture, overuse of powerful drugs, rape, and even murder. Of children. Of children. Of developmentally challenged children. Just let that sink in for a second. Mm-hmm. So like I, I literally even put in my notes here, like, mind you, we were talking about kids here. So yeah. that's even like I mean, if you're doing that to another human being, that's insanely disturbing. But it's just there's another layer that it's children that you're doing this to. Like the
0: power dynamics are insane.
1: I know. It I it's so disturbing I just don't even have words for it, honestly. Right.
0: This this episode makes me want to fight somebody. I know
1: it really does. I I <laughs> And it's just like it just I mean, this episode just keeps on hitting, honestly. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: Yeah. So the violence wasn't just aimed at the residents. There uh, there was mm. like staff on staff violence as well. It's, Personal vendettas, payback for snitching, and drug-dealing disputes were all reasons for, like, beatings among staff. I never saw, like, any sort of, like, murder that Mm -hmm. happened, like, against a staff member. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But, yeah.
0: It speaks to the environment.
1: Exactly. And speaking of the environment, most, like, I think sadly for me, Mm -hmm. was, like, even amongst the children themselves, there was quite a bit of violence. Uh, including beatings, torture, rape, and murder. Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, I, I kind of left a little space for you to give your insights if you want to, right? <laughs> so sweet. But to me, it seemed like this was like very much so learned behavior.
0: Yeah, I think you're spot on there that it, if that's what's being done to them and they are children, they're right. absolutely going to mimic the behavior or see the behavior as acceptable. Not only acceptable, but think of the level of powerlessness that you are experiencing as a kid that's right. a resident here. Oftentimes when we are, as humans, are brutalized and feel powerless, we unfortunately try to exert that power over someone else.
1: I know. God, that is so messed up. I know. That's just so... I mean, sad. I don't know. It's Yeah,
0: it's sad that this is what the kids were exposed to, so they think this is how I'm going to stay safe or get ahead or be tough is by hurting other kids.
1: So messed up. Honestly, so messed up.
0: It's like a, this is such an, like they were conducting horrible experiments, but this is such a horrific sort of experiment in and of itself. Just the environment. It's kind of like the Stanford prison experiment, but worse, but like way worse, way worse. Like what do people do when they get power? Right. Over people who are helpless.
1: Completely helpless and they they can't fight back or they, they can't even like testify really against mm-hmm. them. Right. Cause they're, they're mentally challenged.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So there was a little bit of a turning point here okay. in 1965 when s- then Senator Robert Kennedy paid an unannounced visit to Willowbrook.
0: Oh snap.
1: Yeah. Unannounced.
0: Good. So
1: like he must've been hearing some awful things for him to just like kind of drop on by.
0: Yeah, because that's a strategy. Yeah. It's to not give a heads up like, hey, I'm really interested in learning more about your programming. No, nope. he wanted to see what was actually happening.
1: Exactly. So what he found horrified and disgusted him. I bet. I mean, he saw thousands of residents, quote, living in filth and dirt, their clothing in rags in rooms less comfortable and cheerful than the cages in which we put animals in a zoo, end quote.
0: What do you d- imagine walking in on that?
1: Oh, um, I, I would... I would probably like I would fight the guy. Yeah. like I would I would absolutely like f- like throw fists at the the person who's in charge here.
0: Because you know what's nuts to me too is that we're like getting really into a lot of like psych stuff this episode, but is that we what from what we understand is like we're driven to protect kids. Mm-hmm. So to be the type of person that sees kids and chooses to harm them. I right. don't know. I don't know, like if you're redeemable at that point.
1: I mean, and you know what's crazy is like, in either way, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Is, do you see these kids and and like your just neglect at mm-hmm. best, at or best. tortured, or even worse at the very worst end of the spectrum? Like, do do they derive some sort of pleasure or do they right. feel nothing? Right. And I can't tell which one's worse, honestly.
0: Yeah, that's always, I think, why people get really interested in, like, the psychology of, of like, true crime type of stuff. Because what is driving someone to do something like this? Yeah. I think, I hope most people would have your reaction to see something like that. You're like, I'm going to fight the guy. Yeah. <laughs> But what is the guy who's leading all of this, what's going on in his sick, sick head? I don't know. Oh, I'm yeah. so glad that Robert Kennedy showed up.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, he would infamously describe this place as a snake pit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, the visit put conditions at Willowbrook into the national spotlight, at least. And the sure. state of New York responded by developing a five-year improvement plan.
0: Shut up, state of New York.
1: Guess how well that went.
0: Yeah, not well at all. Yeah. That's not an improvement plan. (laughs) I
1: know. I guess I I literally put in my notes, because government trying to make healthcare facilities better is not exactly a recipe for success.
0: Yes. There's a reason (laughs) that...
1: And you're like, yes, as someone who worked (laughs) for the VA, yes.
0: (laughs) There's a reason that we don't have state-funded mental health hospitals anymore. Asylums, essentially because the government sucked at running them and it was so bad yeah created horrific conditions for adults let alone kids with various disabilities oh my god
1: yeah we're actually it's interesting you say that we're gonna get into something towards the end of the episode i'm not gonna i don't want to give any spoilers (laughs) but just keep that kind of kernel of truth in the back of your mind okay So after making some very minor adjustments, mm-hmm. like the state of New York, mm-hmm. conditions at Willowbrook quickly just reverted to the inhumane conditions that it thrust into the public consciousness in the first place. I mean, again, unsurprisingly, right?
0: I don't have another word I don't have an English word for this.
1: What's it in Spanish?
0: verguenzas they They're without shame. They're not even trying.
1: Yeah, they're, they're not. not even
0: pretending to do better
1: no they're really not and that's what's honestly so shocking to me i hate them me too babe <laughs> me too so what prompted you know senator kennedy yeah. to make the surprise visit even in the first place right Ooh,
0: that's a good question i didn't even think of that
1: well besides the fact that 90 percent of children ended up contracting hepatitis a you know around 400 residents each year were dying so, mind you, we're speaking about children here. So, death should be very minimal. It should basically be zero, right? Yeah. Like, you know. This isn't
0: an elderly community. Right,
1: exactly. Where you're like, okay, I get it. You're, you know, Natural your folks causes. Natural causes. Yeah. Right. No, these are children. <gasps> so, in fact, from 1950 to 1980, about 12,000 residents in total died. To 12,000. Yeah. Oh 1950 to
0: 1980. Oh, my God.
1: And oftentimes it wasn't due to violence. Um, In fact, a majority wasn't due to violence. It was due to neglect, malnourishment, and just bad medical treatment.
0: Mm -hmm. The basics.
1: The basics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, not to mention the experimentation as well. Right. Of course. You know, so far in this episode, the doctors of, you know, Willowbrook haven't been shown in the best light, to say the least, right? Yeah. I think it's safe to say that. However, you know, I want to mention that not all the medical staff were awful human beings. In fact, there were some that I think truly cared for the patients. Mm-hmm. And there were reports of employees even using their own money to buy necessities for the residents, including like just basics, clothes, soap, deodorant, those type oh of things. Oh, my God. I mean, one doctor. William Bronston, who worked at the institution, would actually eventually lead a class action lawsuit against Willowbrook. Good. He later co-authored uh, the book A History of S- and Sociology of Willowbrook State School, as well as another book titled Public Hostage, Public Ransom: Ending Institutional America, which dove into detail uh, in his work against Willowbrook and actually institu- institutionalization as a whole. Yeah, that's a tough word to say.
0: Yeah. Wow, those would be really fascinating reads, but probably really heavy ones. Oh,
1: I mean, just reading this felt traumatic to me, and I can't even begin to imagine what the children went through.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So Bronson wrote that doctors organized against him, and he was moved to another building as punishment simply for requesting painkillers, soap, sheets, surgery thread for sutures, and non-rotten food for the residents.
0: He was punished for that. He was
1: punished for that. Wow! Isn't that insane?
0: For just asking for things.
1: For just asking, yeah. Wow. And again, the reason I bring up Dr. Bronson is because, like, it, it's rare in institutions and organizations that, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything is black and white, right? Yeah. And he is, you know, clearly like the opposite end, and there is always a little bit of gray.
0: I agree, and I will also say it is hard to be the voice of. Descent, right when there's like such a big system going on like that massive school and oh this is just the way things are this is the way we do things
1: when even like your heart is telling you to do one thing but yeah. like you know the folks are going to punish you for it
0: right right so i'm i'm glad he was there
1: exactly and i mean it's true it seems that most doctors and staff at the institution were like either malicious or the very least apathetic wow towards children under their care <laughs> but it wasn't everyone
0: right but it had to be the majority for this to continue
1: exactly yeah so in 1971 a young photographer by the name of name of eric ertz it's mm-hmm. a fun name to say eric ertz mm-hmm. uh, he went in with reporter jane Curtin, and they walked into willowbrook and started taking pictures <laughs> and they were assisted by social workers elizabeth hey. lee and ira fisher
0: yeah social workers <laughs> <laughs> of course, social workers were there.
1: Yeah, I had to mention that because I was like, I know you would, you'd appreciate that. Yeah. And this is like the first time that images like <sighs> were released to the public, right? And they were shocking. Again, just like Senator Kennedy had already said, you know, you had children in cages, unclothed, starving, and being used essentially as science experiments.
0: Yeah, and it's one thing to hear that that's happening, and it's another thing to see it.
1: I couldn't have said that better myself. Yeah. Honestly.
0: It's really smart that they brought a photographer.
1: Yeah. It didn't seem that Senator Kennedy's message was received. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear that that was the case, huh?
0: Right. Right. Because things didn't change.
1: I mean, and again, children were photographed sitting in rooms and on couches, some with like their hands over their ears, some staring into space and others clothed only in their underwear. Those poor like, babies. Like terrible, mm-hmm. like awful. In also photographed rows of beds in a hospital-like setting with children just left to die with little to no medical like care.
0: I don't know how you can see that and not do something about it. And, right. And then live with yourself.
1: I I don't either. Yeah. It boggles my mind, honestly. Mm-hmm. But what's better than pictures? What do you think? Video. Exactly.
0: Recordings.
1: Recordings. Exactly. So, because it's one thing to see, like, visual proof, Mm -hmm. but like, and hear about it, but another thing to, like, witness not only pictures, but video, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, 1972 rolls around, and Dr. Michael Wilkins is about to risk his career to further shed light on Willowbrook. Um, Technically, he had already been fired for trying to improve conditions.
0: Right, how dare you? How
1: dare he, Right um so he again he's already lost his job but this he was still at a little bit at risk like in his his career for trying to expose this and on january 6 1972 dr wilkins met secretly with an unknown at the time young reporter at a diner in staten island
0: mm. do we know this reporter
1: yeah any <laughs> guesses
0: Geraldo Rivera? You are correct. I was like, am I saying (laughs) this? Yeah.
1: This is where Geraldo Rivera enters the story, and we kind of reach its pinnacle. Wow. So, Wilkins hands Rivera a secret key to building number six of the compound, where Geraldo Rivera would lead a film crew to capture the atrocities of the state-run institution.
0: That's badass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was able to capture just the god-awful conditions there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already gone into detail. Yeah. And I don't want to go into any more detail, honestly. Right. It's
0: just more of that.
1: It's just more. Mm-hmm. And it's... I, I feel like I've beaten you guys over the head with like this like terrible information.
0: No. It's important to tell these stories. So that things like this don't happen again.
1: No, you're right. It is. But mm-hmm. I, I just didn't want to write it again, honestly. <laughs> no, of course not. No. So his eventual like expose on the institution was titled Willowbrook, mm-hmm. the last great disgrace and was even aired on national television during the Dick Cavett show in February. Oh, wow. So yeah, just the very next month. Wow. And things really started to move quickly after that. So, cause this exposed like on a national level like the true atrocities and again it's not just like still frames or words from a senator at this point you have video
0: you can't look away
1: you can't you just can't and it's it's haunting Mm -hmm. like i mean i think the pictures are haunting alone but the videos just next To hear
0: level. the kids and yeah.
1: I mean, I think it moved so many people because Rivera would eventually win a Peabody Award for his documentary.
0: Yeah, because that's some incredible journalism.
1: That is true incredible journalism. I agree. Mm-hmm. So remember that class action lawsuit that I had mentioned yes. earlier? So Dr. William Bronston, um, he spearheaded it and the nation was fairly outraged. And so on March 17th, 1972. So... Only two months now after Rivera first went into the institution, they filed a class action lawsuit against Willowbrook. Good. Like, at federal court. Yay. Yeah. The case was known, and I, guys, I apologize in advance for my language here, but this is, like, the actual name of the case. It was called the New York State Association for Retarded Children v. Rockefeller.
0: Okay. Rockefeller?
1: Yeah. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't research that part <laughs> because I was just like, uh, I was How, like, that's weird. But
0: how'd they get the Rockefellers involved?
1: I don't know. Interesting. They're you always think, involved.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You'd think it'd be like v the state of New York, right, or something. something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting.
1: And as a result of her activism with the parents, Elizabeth Lee, that social worker, mm-hmm. she was fired from Willowbrook during this time.
0: Unsurprising, but
1: and unsurprising.
0: Any social worker would do it. Yeah. Any good one, at least.
1: Exactly. Only a few years later, in 1975, the Willowbrook Consent Decree was signed, committing New York State to improve community placement for the now-designated Willowbrook class.
0: Sorry, and I don't know if you're going to address this. Something that's really irritating me is how long it's taking for this to be ended.
1: Oh, you're going to be really disappointed.
0: I don't know why, after the first images, the place wasn't shut down.
1: Yeah. I mean, it goes we'll discuss this, but it goes beyond just the institution itself. So under the terms of the agreement, Willowbrook was given until 1981 to reduce its number of residents from 6,000 to no more than 250.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So significantly decreased, but then there's still 250 kids in this horrible place. Yeah.
1: Uh Uh-huh. We'll get to that in a second. But, like, the cornerstone of the case was that the state would, quote, be required to spend $2 million to create 200 places for Willowbrook transferees in hostels, halfway houses, group houses, and sheltered workshops, end quote. Okay. The state, not so unsurprisingly, decided to close Willowbrook in 1983, and The Last Children to Leave the Premises did so on September 17th, 1987.
0: Oh, my God. Wait. Why were there still kids on the premises from 83
1: to 87? Only like a few hundred. Wow. But still, yeah, but it just dwindled more and more. Because, I mean, they even changed the name, which I'm like, I'm
0: sure, yeah, for like a PR move. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I think it was like in
1: 1974 they changed the name because obviously that Willowbrook was very much so tainted. Mm-hmm. But it still didn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like, the, your reputation's just damned at that point. Yeah. So going back to the class action lawsuit, it was actually quite important and led to some other pieces of legislation in, like, the grander scale of things. Um, specifically, the Developmental Disabilities Assistance and Bill of Rights Act of 1975, Good. the Education for All Handicapped Children Act of 1975, and then probably most importantly, the Civil Rights of Institutionalized Persons Act of 1980.
0: This is so important. Yeah. So this
1: one case or this one hospital slash school slash like terrible place.
0: Nightmare prison. Yeah. It's like,
1: I mean, honestly, like calling it a prison might be too nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But this one case led to a lot of positive change. Exactly.
1: So Willowbrook was an extreme example of the travesties of institutionalization in the United States. But it certainly, and unfortunately, did not stand alone. And that's just a story for another time, but it was this sort of spearheaded things that we had already known about in like institutions like in the United States, unfortunately.
0: It's just like we talked about at the top of the episode. It's, it's honestly just not an answer to say this person's needs are complicated. So let's just keep them out of sight. Right. That's not an answer.
1: It's not. No. So, the buildings of Willowbrook would ultimately be used for a variety of different purposes, including a campus for the College of Staten Island, a mm. K-12 school, and admin buildings for the Office of People with Developmental Disabilities. Oh, wow. So, like, some of the things that ended up, like, the buildings ended up being used for good and, like, towards the end, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, though, this is not the end of the story. Mm. We're going to fast forward all the way now to 2020. Oh, my gosh. Yes, a New York Times investigation concluded that many of the now roughly like 2,300 Willowbrook alumni who are still alive today still suffer from mistreatment. In 2019 alone, there were 97 reported allegations of physical abuse by group homeworkers against Willowbrook alumni. There were also 34 allegations of psychological abuse, and hundreds more of neglect and other mistreatment like improper use of restraints, or seclusion medical errors and theft even
0: yeah if someone has been abused in some way it's unfortunate but it's your chances of being abused again really increase i know this is so heartbreaking i almost cried
1: no it's i mean when i was writing this i almost wanted to cry like it was horrible
0: this is so unnecessary
1: it is it's terrible oh my gosh um You know, for one example, negligence may have even contributed to the death of one disabled woman in Brooklyn and the loss of another woman's figure in a Long Island group home.
0: Oh, my God.
1: One man was even placed in scalding hot water and was sent to the hospital with second degree burns.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So in essence, like, are the Willowbrook alumni in a better place than they were decades ago? Like, yes. But like, it's hard to argue that they were in a good place.
0: Yeah, maybe less constant torment, but they're not in a good place now.
1: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And ironically, group homes in particular, many places were still short-staffed, and employees of these places just weren't properly equipped to do their jobs well. It's yes. like the same thing, maybe to a, a lesser degree, but it's still the same thing that was happening at Willowbrook.
0: It's the same issue that mental health care is underfunded. Right. So, of course, you're short staff. No one wants to take a job that is challenging and is underpaid.
1: Exactly. With
0: long hours. And you get little resources and you get little education to best support the people living there. Like, no one's going to want those jobs.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So they need better funding.
1: Exactly. <sighs> it's awful. Mm-hmm. But even more disturbingly, uh, supervisors were still covering up abuse decades after the horrors of Willowbrook. Insane, right?
0: Yeah. Insane. I'm speechless.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I don't blame you. I, I was too, honestly. One of the group homes called Union Avenue in the Bronx, New York, had an investigation opened against it in the summer of 2014 after an employee turned whistleblower sent letters to a state official and to relatives of three residents who were found with unexplained black eyes and other bruises. In the letters, the employee accused staff members of pervasive abuse and claimed that some supervisors had even helped cover it up. A state agency, the Justice Center for the Protection of People with Special Needs, substantiated rum- or like numerous allegations of abuse and neglect against 13 employees. Wow. So, And some good employees testified about that there is this sort of, quote, like Willowbrook attitude. Where a lot of employees were especially cruel to like the Willowbrook alumni. Wow. So going back to your, to your, like your premise that like people who are abused are more likely to be abused further.
0: Yeah. And it's so interesting because to be honest, I'm not like up to date on research as to why that's the case, but I know that one common theory obviously is not, it's not about like victim blaming like that it's something that the victim of abuse is doing but that predatory people can sense that this person is vulnerable right Exactly, and therefore exert predatory behavior over them
1: that's wild huh yeah oh my gosh um one example of mm-hmm. this like terrible attitude was lining up like folks in only their underwear for like an assembly line like shower
0: Oh, my God. So
1: they're just power tripping.
0: Yeah. Why would you do that to humans?
1: Why would you do any of this? I don't know.
0: That's insane. They're just
1: sick. And, you know, for the the folks who were beaten and such, they, of course, never received medical attention, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was being covered up. And the state office for people with developmental disabilities, which oversees group homes, actually tried firing these workers. But guess how many actually lost their jobs? all of them none of them what so it's interesting right now that we have like the sag-aftra strike and the wga strike right because you 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 can see that that's like the good side of unions right helping you know people be
0: compensated for their work right Mm -hmm.
1: this unfortunately is probably the negative side of unions where people who are because it was because of the unions
0: the unions protected the abusers yes
1: wow So it's interesting, we kind of see, like, right now, you know, we see, like, both ends of the spectrum, how unions can, you know, help, like, employees and such get, like, fairly compensated, right? Right. But then you also see them covering for folks that are doing horrific atrocities.
0: That's terrible, because the purpose of them should be to advocate for the little guy, right, again, particularly against, like, big corporations or the government or whatever. Not to enable abusers.
1: And that's exactly what they did. Wow. Yeah. So luckily this group home was transferred to a nonprofit eventually um, who specializes in addressing like care for special needs folks. Mm-hmm. And they brought on an entirely new staff.
0: Yeah. Thank God.
1: Yeah. However, you know, it really does seem that just over and over again, the office that oversees these folks really just hasn't learned its lesson. No. No. And the story of Willowbrook is not just like a tale of horror. It's a le- it is a lesson, right? A call to ensure that we see, listen, and act so that these atrocities remain firmly in the past. And quite frankly, that's just not been the case so far.
0: Yeah, this is such a good example of how creating such or allowing such horrific conditions to exist like, has a big trickle-down effect because it, up to 2020, they're still dealing with the ramifications of Willowbrook right and the pain that it caused exactly and this started in the 1950s
1: technically 1947 but I think wow. the first I I couldn't find a lot of like the early years but like yeah the abuse started in the 50s
0: that's so many generations that have in, been impacted so many classes of students yeah. right
1: that's exactly horrible I mean we know that 12,000 like mentally challenged kids died at Willowbrook. (laughs) And then we don't even know the thousands more that were impacted negatively. Right. Yeah. Maybe tens of thousands. It's horrific. Like it's just horrific. Yeah. So on that lovely note, that is the end of my episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, babe. This was a really tough one.
1: I know. And I'm sorry, weirdos. Like this isn't like a, this is, this doesn't have a nice ending, right?
0: This is, this took summer wean. To a whole nother level because this is worse than any horror movie I've ever seen.
1: No, because it's real life. It's terrible.
0: Because humans are so awful sometimes.
1: I know. Humans are like the biggest monsters.
0: Yeah, we can be. Yeah. Yeah this this was really really important though i had never heard of this
1: i had never heard of it either i kind of it was like a chance encounter because i wanted this episode was originally going to be about like just insane asylums in general i was Mm -hmm. gonna like look at a few because they had horrific conditions and then this one caught my eye i was like oh no i'm doing an entire episode just on this
0: i'm glad you did i went, i got my master's in social work from a new york school and And i'd never heard of this that's so weird
1: Yeah, that's actually really strange. I didn't even think about that.
0: Yeah, you'd think it would come up as, like, an example of, like, the stuff we should prevent.
1: Yeah, right? Weird. But no. Uh,
0: I will say, also, um, in my experience in social work, there are still, I guess, group homes. We don't call them that here. Um, I forget the term that we have, but it's, like, if an adult has severe mental illness or some sort of developmental delay or handicap. It's like a house where like multiple adults live. Right. And right. then they're supposed to be cared for. There's like a caretaker, usually the person that owns the house. And then I think there's supposed to be like a nurse that comes at least regularly, at least like a, a medical staff member. Yeah. And this is California, a different state. This is, I was exposed to this, Probably like 2018, 2019, 2020. I had to go do home visits there. Mm -hmm. And even that recently, like a really big issue would be not getting fed, not being given your medication.
1: Oh my God. Just like the baseline stuff.
0: Yeah. And um, bed bugs. Oh
1: my God. And that goes to the filthy nature. Yeah.
0: Bed bugs. So... And a lot of these places would be known for certain issues. Of course, if there was any sense of like true of like, it's kind of hard to prove, but any sense of neglect or abuse were required to make a report. And so people go out and like check it out and stuff like that. But things like bed bugs were really, really common. There are places that are known like, oh, that place always gets bed bugs, or that place people always get sick. Oh my God. And it was just kind of like, known and that's they're so scarce in la they're really really hard to find as you can imagine because real estate is so scarce it's so such a scarce expensive. resource right that a lot of those places eventually close down because the person can't make the mortgage payments or whatever it is but this this is an issue the reason I bring <laughs> up those lovely details this <laughs> is an issue that is still relevant so if this episode that you really beautifully put together speaks to anyone I recommend you look into what goes on in your area and what kind of i'm gonna look into more what policies can be implemented to protect people
1: yeah because i mean you know my special my speciality like with history is a lot of ancient history Mm -hmm. and so like i typically you know unsurprisingly probably more air towards that side but Mm -hmm. this stuff is you know, we're living in the consequences of it. I mean, yeah. technically, we're living in the consequences of things that happened thousands of years ago as well. But this is so much more present on our mind. And these are like real people now. Yeah. That are still living in terrible conditions.
0: Because of this. Because of being a kid that got sent to the wrong place.
1: Right. And just kind of drawing the short end of the stick and yes. having devel- developmental delays.
0: Yeah. There's nothing you can do to control it. Yeah. And it's not your fault that the world is not set up to support you not at all right that's the bigger issue no. instead of thinking how can we put people aside it's like how can we construct a world that's better
1: yep but <laughs> damn
0: this, yeah. this was a deep episode this was a deep ep- <laughs> yeah, this was
1: definitely one of the deeper ones i think we've ever done yeah but that is it that is the end of the episode my sources for this was um the new york times actually had a brilliant uh they were the ones who dropped like the investigative report back in like February of 2020, so right before
0: Oh, that's awesome. the outbreak.
1: Yeah, right before uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. Actually, right roughly right around the time we actually started this podcast, ironically enough.
0: Yeah. How funny. Yeah.
1: There is also uh, Staten Island Live, mm. disabilityjustice.org, Crime Reads, and of course, our favorite Wikipedia.
0: This is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing this story. Absolutely. of Willowbrook and now Now we need to go watch like a Disney movie or something.
1: <laughs> I know seriously. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna go watch the
1: Lion King. Yeah, we're, that's sad. No, I want oh, like you're a, right, I want like a fun movie.
0: Yeah, what's like a purely Lilo and Stitch.
1: Lilo and Stitch. There we go. That that's one's, a good one.
0: It's got Elvis. You got aliens. You got Hawaii.
1: Oh, uh, baby. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Actually, this is just kind of like to end on a fun note for the weirdos. Good. After recording this episode, we are gonna go uh, frolic in some lavender
1: fields. Like literally, we're not even joking. That is 100 percent accurate. That's I'm so excited. Yeah,
0: that's our adventure for this day. Is there's a Woo-hoo! like east of us? There's a big lavender farm, and we're gonna go frolic and drink lavender lemonade.
1: Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> I need that after this episode. Yeah,
0: it's a good palate cleanser. I'm the one who
1: did this episode too.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you did. Thank you so much, babe. You did a great job, and thank you so much for listening, weirdos. We always, always appreciate your support. Do not forget to follow us on Instagram at History for Weirdos because. We provide so many updates there. Um, Recently, we asked folks what they think we should do for our upcoming 100th episode.
1: Which is only, what, about a month or so away? Yeah.
0: So Instagram is really the place to, like, stay up to date with us. So at History for Weirdos. And then if you haven't done so already, we really appreciate when you share the podcast with someone, Mm. when you rate, when you leave a review, it's... It means the world to us. Yeah. It's helped this podcast grow. So thank you.
1: Yeah. You guys are amazing. Thank you for staying weird.
0: Yeah. Thank you for staying weird. So until next time, weirdos.
1: Adios.